You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. Hopefully our worship is helping you to draw close to Jesus because that's what it's all about. It's about Jesus and breaking down the barriers that separate us from him. So our goal as Christians is a closer walk with him, a relationship with him. Part of that might mean having to unlearn certain things. So last week, we spoke about some of us having the wrong view of God because we've been lied to. And the devil would like nothing more than for you to hold the wrong view of God so that you no longer trust God. Well, to combat that, here were three foundational truths that we shared. Number one, God loves you as you are, not as you should be. I don't know anyone who loves others that way, with that kind of unconditional love. Jesus does not love you more if you do more for him. He doesn't love you less if you do less. Jesus loves you as you are. What a wonderful truth. What bothers me about that statement, though, is that we can hear it, and we can say, yeah, 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 but, but what's next? But when I come to grips with the fact that Jesus loves me, really loves me, it leads me to the second truth. God is passionate about you. You know how you have a passion for your children or grandchildren. You can't wait to see them. You can't wait to be with them. You can't wait for them to come home. You want the best for them. God has that kind of passion for you. I bet almost every one of us has on our smartphone or a tablet a whole array of pictures of our children or grandchildren. And we'll take that out and we'll show people from time to time. We're convinced that even though that other person may not care, we're convinced that if they just saw my children or grandchildren, their lives would be forever changed. God has that kind of passion for you. And third, that means that all the resources of God are available to you. Everything that God has is available to you. Everything God's got, you've got. When your children or grandchildren are coming to spend some time with you, how many of you go out and buy certain things that you know they like? Why do you do that? Because you love them. You do that willingly, passionately. That's God for you. Now, God will allow us to go through times of suffering. But even then, all of his resources are available to you. So remember, through the suffering, God still loves you as you are. He's not saying to you, be something different, something better, in order to take advantage of that. So having believed all of that, it builds within me Another foundational truth. I want to get to know this God who loves me so much. And if that's your desire, then you'll want to be more active in this church. You'll want to regularly participate in worship or be a part of a Bible study or Sunday school class when you can and certainly have an intimate time with him every day. If God has that kind of passion for me, I want to say, God, I want to know you better. I want to love you more. 
and I want to give you sacrifices of praise. But you know something? I don't have a quiet time every single day. And I know God still loves me. Have you ever had those moments when you're expecting a child to come home or maybe a family member, a friend you haven't seen in a long time is, is going to come for a visit? They arrive and they unpack their bags and immediately they're off because they've got other things to do and other people to see. And you're waiting around for them to come and visit with them. And, and it leaves you with this thought of, it's almost as if they never came. Do you think God ever feels that way about us? I sit around all day, all night. I'm just waiting. This isn't a guilt thing. It's because he's got so much he wants to share with you. He's got so much that he wants to impart to you. God loves you even when you feel that God doesn't love you. Maybe you feel God doesn't love you because you think you're unlovable. You've made so many mistakes. Hear me on this. God loves you. Maybe you don't feel God loves you because he hasn't come through with, you, you've prayed for something, a situation over and over, and, and it's still going on. There's seemingly no answer, and you want to know what's happening. Well, at this point, maybe what God wants to impart is this foundational truth. We learn obedience through the things which we suffer. In Hebrews 5, 8, we are told that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. I wish we could learn it another way. I wish I didn't have to learn a lot of life lessons through the mistakes that I made. But if Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered, and let me be clear, he didn't suffer on account of mistakes. He willingly suffered. It was something that he took on. But if Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered, we should expect no less. Now, I don't want to be a person who seeks suffering, but the goal of the Christian life is not the absence of struggles because it's in the struggles that we put ourselves more in God's hands. It's in the struggles that God is molding his character in you. Now, be careful. This isn't a license to sin. This isn't a, hey, let me blow it more so that God's character gets in me more. I've probably sent Lori to her knees in prayer more than anybody else who's ever lived. But I guess that's part of God's design for her, so who am I to change that? But I do know this. We're not supposed to run from struggle. Look what happened to Jesus upon entering the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus doesn't just prance into the garden awaiting the big crucifixion the next day. He sweat blood. And I imagine this conversation that never gets recorded. Jesus in agony saying, this is going to be painful. And his father's response you're absolutely right. And this is the one who invites us to spend intimate time with him. And when I don't, I, I miss out. Here's what all this boils down to. We are writing a story, each one of us, 
Our lives are telling a story. Dick Halverson, a Presbyterian minister who was at one time the chaplain to the U.S. Senate, was famous for a benediction he would often recite. Part of it is this. Wherever you go, Christ goes. Whatever you do, Christ does. What he meant is people read your life. Your children read it. They look at you and you're telling a story with your life. What's your story? What's the story you want to tell with your life? The greatest story would be that we want people to see that we are passionately in love with Jesus Christ. Now, we live in a world where we think the greatest testimony is one in which I've been a murderer or I've done drugs or I've stolen from the church and I've had a conversion experience to share. As powerful as those stories are, another great testimony story is I've walked with Jesus for 50 years and it's been quite an adventure. You see, everything you go through is part of your story. And everything you go through, God can use to mold his character in you and and make it as a witness to others. It may not seem like God can use it because much of what we go through includes great pain. But it's how we handle those issues. That's the test of how much of God's character is getting in us by how we handle the struggles. And you may say, "You you don't know me. You don't know my struggles. You don't know my mistakes. How can God use me? Let's go to Scripture. Remember David, a young boy who got to be king. Well, not all that long after he was told he was going to be king, David had to run and hide in a cave because the current king, Saul, was after him. Sitting in a cave, David is probably wondering, how is God going to use this? I'm supposed to be king? Or later, David goes through the situation with Bathsheba, and it's a terrible situation. It involves adultery and murder. And then David goes through the situation with his son, Absalom, who revolts against his father, David. And in that revolt, Absalom dies in battle. Have you learned anything from David's life? Sure you have. You've read the Psalms. 73 of them are specifically written by David. And in those, many of them, he is ascribing glory to God. He is giving ultimate trust to his Lord and Savior. You see, David was an adulterer and a murderer. And yet about him, God says, here is a man after my own heart. Talk about a roller coaster kind of life. And sometimes we look at our life and we say, what can people learn? I have failed so much. If I were to take you into a prison and shown you John the Baptist, the one who came on the scene as a forerunner of Jesus to move from the era of law to the era of grace. Listen to something that John says. This is recorded in Matthew 11. When John, who was in prison, 
heard about the deeds of the Messiah, that's Jesus, John sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus, are you the Messiah? Because I don't know. You would have wondered about John. (laughs) Wait a minute. This is a man of faith? Have you ever had doubts? Ever had confusion? John did. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the great news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. John is one of the greatest of prophets. In fact, Jesus would say this, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. But had you seen him in that prison, that same man questioning Jesus, you would have thought, "Uh uh-uh, not him. A man of faith? No way. Or if you had gone into another prison, this time in Rome, and been shown a prisoner in chains, and I would have told you within 200 years, all the emperors would be a distant memory. All of the Roman senators will be forgotten. But this man... Everyone will have read his writings, and his writings will have changed the world. Of course, I'm speaking of the Apostle Paul. Who's making history today? Whoever sits in the White House or in the U.S. Congress? Leaders from other countries? Celebrities, sports stars? The Romans thought they were making history, and I bet the Apostle Paul didn't even get a blip, a blip on, their, on their paper. Jesus was born in a manger in, in a nothing kind of town while seemingly Roman soldiers marched by giving no thought to it. Who was making history? There are 12 disciples. Can you name any of the 12? I'm sure you can. Name some Roman senators. Anybody? (laughs) Outside of a couple that are named in Scripture, name a magistrate of the first century. Isn't it strange that most people in the world, especially in the Western world, can list Peter, James, John, maybe you'd say Matthew, Thomas. And you and I would say our story doesn't matter because we're not going to Congress. Maybe we're not even getting elected to Union County. Our story doesn't matter. I'm just a fill-in-the-blank. I'm just a laborer. I'm just a housewife. I'm just a small-time business owner. Let me tell you, our stories are very important. We even have a tendency as pastors to think that pastors of bigger churches are the ones that are make the bigger difference. That's how humans think. But your life counts. It may make a difference to your neighbor or where you shop. Or, or how you drive home from work. Your life is important. Think today about how you can make that story of your life go forward 
and make a difference, whether it's to a neighbor or to thousands like a Billy Graham. It's not the numbers that's important. If I took you to that jail in first century Rome and said, that old Jew, look at him. God's going to use him to change the whole course of human history. And where does it start for us? It starts with the ones that we love. Maybe you and I need to go on our knees in prayer to lift up our spouse to the Lord. Maybe we need to pray for forgiveness for all the times we've been a barrier to peace and harmony in the home. I don't want to write a story where it's been nothing but a trail of broken relationships in my marriage and with my children. So this is what I've got to ask myself. Am I listening to my spouse? Am I pursuing her heart, or in your case, maybe his heart, or am I just going to be selfish? How about you? How are you going to deal with that? Because some of our most difficult relationships are with the ones that we love. And we make a big mistake if we think missions is all out there. Missions is out there, but missions is also wherever you go. For most of us, we will be the most effective missionary where we live and where we work. So what's the story you're writing with your life? That full benediction from Chaplain Dick Halverson goes like this. Wherever you go, Christ goes. Whatever you do, Christ does. If someone asks you what your church does, you tell them your church does what you do. If someone asks you what your church is like, you tell them your church is like you, for you may well be the only authentic contact that someone has with Jesus this week. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we will know that you love us, that you would set us free to long to be with you. And Lord, there's hurt in all of our lives. Give us friends to help us walk this journey. Give us people who love us enough to tell us the truth and hold us accountable. But more than anything, let us know that Jesus is there for us. And because of that, anything and anyone can be restored and redeemed. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.